0: Let's talk about Alex Hawk. Let's talk about transitioning from advertising to finding your your dream. I'd, I'd imagine it's your dream job now that you've been on a New York Times best selling authors list forever. He's How many me. times? You said, 11, 11 times. Eleven times. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wait.
1: Well, counting the two children's books. Oh, 13 yeah. Those, 13, Thirteen hawk books and then two of the uh, Nick of Time time travel books. That's not a bad number. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can only imagine. I didn't expect to get on it at all. So, you know.
0: <laughs> Was this, you know, going from advert well, advertising, you know, you you kind of have to have the gift of gab, the gift of thinking what people want to know about and stuff like that. <laughs> Transitioning from that career to a whole completely separate career. How did that happen?
1: Um. I don't know how to make this concise. So so, um, so, I was running a company called Young and Rubicam, which is a big advertising agency. We, at the time, we were the world's largest. And I knew we were going to sell it. And I knew when we sold it, I wanted wanted to get out of there. And so I was trying to think of what to do next. And I had been writing children's books, but I had not written any adult books. Um, so I said, well, this will be my chance. When we we get out of YNR and I don't have to worry about it anymore, I'll just start writing you know, adult fiction, and um, I moved to Florida, and uh, I just started writing away. It was great, liberating.
2: Moved to Florida, and I believe also had a fairly famous neighbor, if I
1: recall from previous Mr. conversations. Mr. P, Mr. P, <laughs> JP, right? Absolutely, very, very famous neighbor, quasi friend, quasi enemy. No, we had we had our ups and downs together, Jim and I. Jim was head of J. Walter Thompson Creative Department in New York. And I was head of Young and Rubicam. And he was always trying to steal my guys. And I was always trying to steal his guys. <laughs> so we were kind of like a pissing contest. And one afternoon, I'm, I'm standing on the corner of Madison and 67th Street. And this big bus goes down Madison Avenue. I say, kiss the girls. James Patterson. And I went, that little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he went, <laughs> So oh, really that's awesome! All. But anyway, we, we got, he was very helpful to me. I have to be honest. I mean, he gave me a good blur. I, mean, I mean, he did give me a really, really good blur, but yep. uh, he yeah, and I has cool. very diverse views about how to go about doing what we do, but that's okay.
0: Yeah. He, um, they just interviewed me for, they're writing a book about cops. And it's Who is Jim is? Yeah, Jim and Matt Eversman, who's one oh. of the Black Hawk Down guys. And oh, cool. they interviewed me for that book. And then I gave them a whole bunch of other cops and stuff like that I know. that's pretty good. Co- it's a really cool concept. They did one of, I think, Walk in My Combat Boots about soldiers and stuff. Oh, I like that. really yeah. cool. That's cool. So one thing, I was watching one of your old interviews, well, not old, with the crew reviews, and you were talking about Bermuda. And you said something about Gosling's Dark and Stormy. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You bet. I Years ago. Years ago, I went probably, um, yeah, 16 17 years ago, I went to Bermuda and I went to the Swizzle Inn and I had a dark. I know, story. Right away from the airport. Oh my god, right? yeah, love, yep. And uh, f- since then, I was a rum, I shouldn't say aficionado, it was mostly just goslings, it was Kraken, but it mostly goslings and Kraken. I absolutely love goslings rum, yeah.
2: Eric. You're a little rum guy. Back. I've been known to partake in a rum and coke from from time to time. So have yes, you
1: had a dark and stormy.
2: I have had one before. Yes.
1: Oh oh. Well, somehow a- I got to be friends with Malcolm Gosling, who's the chairman, and his great great grandfather started the company. And he was bringing. He was his great great grandfather or great great grandfather was sailing to Bermuda from England to build a rum factory, and they got blown off course and landed up on the rocks on Bermuda. And he said, well, "Let's just do it here." So that's how I ended up in Bermuda. But he's a fabulous guy, actually, Mal- Malcolm is.
0: I can Come only on. imagine. I, I wish I talked to you years ago when I was still drinking a lot of rum. I can get you some rum. Oh, that's I it. love rum. I love Gosling's rum.
1: I might have one right now. <laughs> <laughs> you should.
0: I'm thinking I'm, I'm sitting here drinking water or my little mm-hmm. studio thing. But Gosling's rum. Anybody, if you've never been to Bermuda, go to Bermuda. It's one of my that absolutely is. favorite places. I love that it. Is. I love
2: it. I know Brad Taylor likes rum. so I, I have to rope Brad into coming over and stopping by and seeing you one 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 weekend, Ted. I gotta come down to Charleston so and say hello. I
1: wish you would. I wish you would. Cool. I had, had Brad and his wife over for dinner one night. Oh that's and awesome. I, and I'm having a uh a party for the launch of Seahawk here at the house uh on the fifth of December. And so I think Brad's coming to that. And um Going to have about sixty people. So if you're in Charleston, come on over. We got a we got a rum cocktail for you.
2: You know, uh, honestly, I do not have my kids that weekend. I could Ooh, well, be you in can Charleston be that weekend. That's our look that's at this. You could be dangerous. <laughs> I'm going to be with the high rollers that weekend. <laughs> I tell you, you,
0: know between Bermuda and Charleston, that's like my two favorite places. I love Charleston. I went there years ago. There's a there's a federal law enforcement training center up there where they train like Coast Guard and and a whole bunch of other stuff. So and I went to a course there for three weeks and I was like, oh man, Charleston is incredible. The best. I love the old love time too. feel.
1: It's like, you know what my wife and I were saying, just driving, every neighborhood's different, but every neighborhood is beautiful. and And you just drive by block after block of incredibly beautiful architecture that you just don't see outside of Charleston. And it's like, it's kind of like Paris in that way. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's really amazing. And people are, I'm from the South. My dad's from South Carolina. So I'm really happy down here.
0: Now, you're a well traveled person. Is that kind of one of the reasons you ended up in somewhere like that? Is because, like, hey, you know what? This is a good place. My creative process is great here. I could sit, I could read, I could listen, I could get these books out.
1: You mean in Charleston? Yeah. Not really. I came. I, there's a the newspaper here is called uh, the Post and Courier. And this was, I think, maybe the oldest newspaper in the country. It's 1801. And every spring and fall they have a literary luncheon for ladies, and it's a very social event for Southern women. They drive from Atlanta and they all get in cars together. And they wear big hats and they, there's like a thousand of them in this ballroom, and so that she asked me to be the speaker just like three or four years ago. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. And so we go over there and um, I walk into the, and there's this huge room. And uh, I was going, whoa. And I said, so that room is going to be filled with women on the day that I speak. And I'm the only, I'm going to be the only male in the room, except for this guy who sent the uh, AV equipment. And so do you guys know who Charlotte Beers is? She's an advertising woman. She was, head of Ogilvy and May there. And then anyway, she's a good friend of mine. She lives here in Charleston. She said, if you're going to talk to a thousand women tomorrow, you better have something funny to say when you get up there, buddy. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. And, we, and, and Victoria and I are having dinner at her house. And she said, why don't you go on in the other room and think of some funny things to say while Victoria and I talk, because you're going to need a good line. And so I think of a line, I'd run into the dining room and say, how about this? Get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> it- and
2: we wonder where these exploits of sir alex Hawke might have come from <laughs>
1: so, so finally i you know i was so tired of running back and forth to like audition for these two women that i thought of, i thought of one i thought was pretty good so i went in and said so i said what if i just say when I, before i do anything i just say all right before we even get started with this talk today, I want to clear the air, a little bit of housekeeping here, because I know there's something that's on everybody's mind. I do a lot of these talks. I know you ladies are all thinking the same thing, and I just want to say, you're not alone. Everybody <laughs> says the same thing, and that is, that Ted Bell is a dead ringer for Sean Conner. Dead <laughs> ringer. <laughs> he laughed. I said, okay, that's it. The- I don't care about That's the best I can do. I you know. go. <laughs>
0: That's one thing I hear like, you know, researching for this interview is about the the complexities of you know, you have James Bond out here and you have Alex Hawk and I is like, hey, you know what, is he another type of bond? But it more um what's a good word for that? More fun.
1: <laughs> Hawk? Yes. Hawk as opposed to Bond? Yeah. Yeah, that was part of my deal. I you know, everybody says, Oh, he's Bond. I said, he's not Bond. I, I went a thousand miles an hour in the other direction. I didn't want him to be anything like Bond. Yeah. I wanted him to, to have, to be, to cry and have emotion and be funny and say funny things to, you know, his is friends and, uh, and not be, because, you know, Fleming, his original idea was called the gray man. He was, you know, he wanted him to be a non, a non entity. That's why when he saw the name James Bond on the, uh, birds of the Caribbean down in Jamaica and said James Bond. I can't get a more boring name than that. And that's how Fleming came up with the name James sure. Bond. But I didn't want him to be, you know, Hawk to be boring. You know, I wanted him to be funny. So he's not that funny, but he's at least he's trying.
2: Uh, he's I, I, human.
1: You succeeded, though.
2: <laughs> I've read your books. You succeeded, Ted. And he's yeah. definitely he's definitely living life to the fullest, which I believe you probably have as well from just the stories uh, I've heard uh, uh, with you. So and life's uh, short. So. Sorry, I said life's short, so you should. I, oh, my genius.
1: favorite thing is to put uh, Hawk and his his butler, Pelham Grenville, uh, having conversations. And I just I'm writing the new book right now called Full Tilt, and uh, and I got the two of them sitting there talking, and they're like two old married people, <laughs> and they're like just fussing with each other, and it's just great, you know. And and like Hawk keeps forgetting that he's even having a conversation with Pelham, and uh, yeah, I have got, don't know. It's just it's just fun to do.
0: I like stories where the protagonist is human. It's too. not just like you know, not like I like the gray man concept, but I like people who have emotions.
1: Yeah, me too. I
0: like a mini love story in there. I, on you know, no problem with that, Eric. No problem with have a little love story in there. I like human characters.
2: <laughs> Put a little love in,
1: Eric. Put a little love in. <laughs> Just a little,
0: <laughs> because in in real life, spies and and operators and everything else are human, and they have emotions, and they joke, and they talk. Spies are people too. Crap. Yes, yes. absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, well, Ted, I was going to ask you. You started off with children's books. So, mm-hmm. how many did you have? And so, Hawk came out in two thousand three. Early two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, how many children's books did you have before that? And what was that transition like? To write for you know adolescents or younger kids, to then you know just action stories like like you did with the Hawk
1: series, right? I think I think well I remember before I wrote Nick of Time, which is still sort of my my favorite book, the first mm-hmm. one I wrote, and I wrote it when I was living in England, and that was helpful. Um, but I remember saying to myself because I was trying to give myself the confidence to write a full length novel, mm-hmm. and I said, "All right, I got it." I'm gonna write books for nine year olds. If I can't <laughs> write a book for a nine year old, then I should just hang it up. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it gave me the confidence, to just write anything I wanted. It. They're nine year olds. How are they gonna know what? And so that was nick of time. And um, I'm really proud of it. It's just a, a real old fashioned treasure island kind of adventure story for eight, nine, 10, 12 year olds. Um, and then I wrote a sequel to it, which I even like better which is called The Time Pirate. And in The Time Pirate, Nick is at the helm of a Sopwith camel in World War II, sh- shooting down Nazi messages <laughs> over the Channel Islands. <laughs> um, this is actually the one that's more fun. But anyway, so these are the two books. I'll
2: need to get them for my daughter, because I'll tell you real quick, Out, uh, you know, as we were talking real quick earlier, The Body Man came out Thursday. Uh, so, you know, first book debut, I'm super excited. And I had my daughter Wednesday night, just me and her, daddy daughter time and we watched something on Disney plus and we're sitting in bed and I always read to her at night before bed mm. uh, starting black black beauty recently but I'm like hey why don't I read daddy's book to you and she's like yeah daddy um and so I found a part that I could read to her and I flipped through and I got about a page in and I just looked and I got done and I looked over and I said well, what'd you think my book comes out tomorrow and she's like daddy I don't really like it <laughs> so if my head is gonna grow she's talking for me every time but it's not written for her, but yeah, something yeah. like that or something else that they can dive into. Um, you know, that's the greatest gift you can give your, your children yeah. is the love of reading. Um, and
1: yeah. No, the it. yeah. secret to life is to read. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm going to get. That's the other things I have an 11 year old and a 13 year old, and I'm trying to get them to read as much as I did, you know, growing up, I, you know, I'm almost 50 now, but we didn't have, Every, everything we have is like comic books and, and yeah. libraries and bookstores. I didn't, we had three channels and you kind of had to move the. the <laughs> there was no cable in our house. But reading, I read everything I possibly could back then. I'm trying to get my kids to get that same feeling. My daughter is really into reading. My son's, uh, that's the same thing with Eric. You know, I, I'm like, they're like, do you want to know about me in the past? I'm like, you can read my book. They're like, um, that's okay, Dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, not really, not really. Yeah, not.
0: We're, we're we're
2: good. <laughs> the Great Equalizer. Someone told me I, I saw that recently. I think it was might have been Dave Grohl. It was it was a very famous person, famous musician, whatever. You know, you think, well, that's this. You know, Dave Grohl, you're a rock star. You're you know Foo Fighters, biggest thing in the world. Right. You're a dad. Your kids look at you and go, eh. You know, hey, can I? You know, can I have a little more allowance or can I have a nicer car? You know, they they don't care about that. They don't care about the fact that you're a rock star. They, You're their dad. That's so. right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So
0: Alex Hawk, the new book is Seahawk. Seahawk. Let's
1: talk yeah, about that. Actually, a, so Errol Flynn was one of my great cinema heroes, yes. you know, and and he starred in a movie called The Seahawk. It was a pirate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing all these Hawk things and I thought, well, you know, why not the Seahawk, you know, it's just, uh, he didn't have the E on the end of the, in his movie, but, um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, I'm real excited about it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. Things really, really be good. So. so
0: can you start off with the Seahawk or do you have to go back and, and watch or not watch, but read all of them?
1: I wouldn't start with Seahawk. I, I'd start somewhere earlier, though. You know, I mean, if, if you had the time and the inclination, it's probably not bad to start with Hawk because it sets the, the scene for his entire psyche and why he thinks that what he does about good and evil and uh, his desire to protect the weak. Um, as he actually witnesses the, the slaughter of his mother and father in the Caribbean, aboard their yacht by drug pirates. And he, he sees the whole thing. He's locked in a little uh, anchor locker forward in the, in the boat. And uh, he's left to drift for weeks. Um, and um, it scars him. Mm-hmm. So, I, without knowing that, I mean, I actually read him without knowing that, but it helps to understand him a little bit better if you see that opening.
2: And Ted, do I remember seeing somewhere that in Seahawk, um, uh, Alex has a son, right? And yeah, he does. His son is with him on the boat. Yes. Okay. I thought. thought I thought. I thought so. I'm looking forward to reading that. But
1: okay. He's, yeah. He's, he's 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 taking him on a, like a circumnavigation um, to teach him about how to be a man. Okay. And how to navigate by the stars, and how to know what to look for in a woman, and how to you know all that stuff. How to shoot, you know. He teaches him how to hit nine irons off the stern, and he's like, you know, he's like, he's like a a man college on Seahawk, yeah. So this is Ted
2: Bell passing along some good life history lessons via Sir Alex Hawken. Exactly. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, (laughs) Oh man, when you mention Errol Flynn, though, like my dad and I would always watch like they died with their boots on and and all the movies. Man, Errol Flynn. And that's the thing about the old time movies. It's like, that's the other thing I wish my kids would watch with me. It's like old movies. There's so much character in them and there's so much you can get out of it. Like when you're developing characters as well. Do you take any of that off of the old movies when you write?
1: I can't really, I can't say I deliberately do, but I'm sure just just by osmosis, I probably have over the years picked stuff up, but um, I think I picked up the idea of a swashbuckling pirate, Light figure from Errol Flynn that I imbued the Hawk with. Um, although he's not a pirate, but he's he's pretty, you know, he's out there. Do you have a favorite older movie? Or, or are, you, are you a movie buff, I guess I should say? Oh, uh, absolutely. Beyond total movie buff. Total movie buff. Um, wow.
2: So many. Um, I got asked that recently, and, and I was kind of like one of those like deer in headlight. And like, yeah, that's
1: where I feel right now.
2: My thought, well, and where I went to because I grew up, in, uh, born late seventies, grew up really a child of the eighties, and my brain immediately went to. I think the question was not my favorite as much as what have you seen the most? Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And I immediately was like, "Back to the Future." Back to the Future is one I watched <laughs> as a young teenager. You know, late eight, nine, ten, whatever. However old when it came out, yeah, yeah. and um. That was, and I got to watch it now. I get to watch it with my son, which we've been watching movies recently. And he's like, Dad, 80. He's disappointed that he grows up now. He's like, I wish I was like you and I got to grow up in the 80s. You had so much fun. And
1: I'm like, Yeah, "Yeah, I wouldn't want to be growing up right now, buddy. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, I I think think if I had to pick my favorite, um, it's a weird thing to say because it's like not exactly what you would think, but I, I think Gone with the Wind. Had a real impact on me because I saw it when I was like ten,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm a southerner, and uh, I just I just love it. I could watch that movie a hundred times. I, I think it's fabulous. Yeah. I think Clark Gable is amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my brain is like an internet movie database. So I, my favorite of all times, is Heat, is what with Al, Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. De Niro, yeah. It's at
1: ninety five. I, I don't know if I ever saw that.
0: It's Michael Mann is the director. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so Copson and robbers-type movie. It's 1995. But, yeah, the 80s, tons of great movies.
2: 70s had great movies. heat probably got the best shooting scene, uh, Ted. It was filmed in lo- downtown Los Angeles, and it's yeah. probably the best. They're coming out of a bank. Mm-hmm. The next scene is probably the most realistic, intense, Three, four minutes you're probably gonna watch in cinema. But you're talking about heat now. Heat, yes. Yeah. i never seen it. I'll watch
1: it. I'll I'll get it on Netflix.
0: Ed Bell, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm really cool. looking forward to starting the series. I need yes. a good series. I go through books like like I'm reading three at a time all the time. I got the audio book going, I got the books going. I, I always have to have a fiction book, a non fiction book, and an audio book going That's all good. at one time.
2: That's good. And Ted, you said you're you're starting the next one. How far yep. along are you, and will we see it next fall, about a year out from, uh, from Seahawks? Yeah, probably. I've got the title right.
1: and like two pages. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. All it takes. Get I'm a start. Two big, solid pages. <laughs> I just awesome. thought of the title yesterday. So, I'm, you know. And I was telling you guys know Ryan Steck, right? Yep. I bounced everything off Ryan. And I said, What do you think about Full Tilt? He said, No, nah, I like it. I like it. So I said, Good, I'm going with it.
0: <laughs> awesome well ted i really appreciate it and everybody eric bishop i appreciate you too brother
1: eric good to see you man and i thank look forward. you to,
2: look i love the title by the way thank you Ted. i appreciate that coming from you I, that's that means a lot no it's a good
1: title it's like it's a stopper it gets you mm-hmm. that was the plan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i thought through that I'll one be better than seahawk to tell you the truth but that's okay <laughs> i have to live with what i got now you might sell more copies then so you probably wouldn't uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks a lot ted
1: hey listen thanks for having me on i appreciate it jason you're Let's always welcome up. on the show
0: and i definitely want to have you back on after i read this uh, I d- which one are you reading now i'm going to read your the first one i'm going to start right oh, from the beginning hawk. i'm going to order it today or off of amazon i'm going to get but you're going to read right.
1: hawk right the first one yes that's a, that's good i'd love to talk to you after you read that
0: yeah i have we also have, the protectors really book have a lot yeah, you know, Ted, you're more than welcome to come on a Protectors Book Club and we do a live discussion and talk about it. would
1: love it. I'd love it. Anytime. Yeah, that'd
0: be perfect. So I'm going to read that. I'm going to invite you on there. Or we're going to have Ted Bell back on the Protectors Book Club.
1: Well, yes. I really appreciate it. Thanks for
0: your Anytime. time. Thanks for Thank having me. Too. Thank you.